He is risen. All right, all right, very good. You know, when we encounter pain in life, typically we have one of two responses. We medicate or we mask. So there's all kinds of ways to, to medicate. Of course, there's pharmaceuticals, but, but probably something that is uh, much more common, universal to, to all of us is, is food. I mean, we, we actually have a category of food that is about medicating ourselves. It's called comfort food. And there's actually a restaurant in Morrisville, if you don't know this, called Comfort Food. And so my wife ate there uh, recently, and she came home raving, and she's like, you would love this. We, we, we've got to go. And it so happened that I was starting to prepare for this message series and thinking about pain and comfort and stuff. And I thought, well, for the sake of research, <laughs> I, I think we should go. And, and so I had what is uh, probably one of their staples on, on their menu, uh, this fried chicken sandwich. And so I, I love Chick-fil-A, still love Chick-fil-A. This is like Chick-fil-A on steroids, okay? Perhaps literally, I, I don't know, because the, uh, the chicken's like three times the size, you know, of, of the sandwich that you get at Chick-fil-A. Anyways, deep fried, just really, really good. And so... I, my, my psyche, you know, as I'm there, is like, oh, this is so nice, and I just, I, I'm so happy. But the, the problem is that, that nutritionally, you know, like my organs, my internal organs are just going like, what are you doing? Like, what, what are you sending to me? I mean, that's kind of the problem with medication a lot of times, medicating ourselves, is there's all these side effects. I'm sure you've seen commercials for the, for the pharmaceuticals, right, where the commercials, it takes longer for them to describe all of the potential side effects, which always end with death, you know, and... <laughs> I don't know, you know, what kind of benefit you could be getting from. Now, please hear me. If you're on medication, don't stop taking your medication, okay? I'm not, not anti-medication. What I'm against, what I'm encouraging us is to not over-medicate or to mis-medicate things or to, to use things in our life that are more damaging to us uh, than, than the actual pain that we are experiencing. So some of the th other things that we use for medication are shopping, um, you know, but, but the problem with shopping is then the bill comes, you know? There's, there's alcohol, you know, and alcohol has all kinds of issues with it, you know, just our, our judgment. Uh, if it gets really bad, it could mean our job, it could be health issues as well. There's pornography where in the moment it may feel comforting, but ultimately it's like tearing apart our souls and our families. So that's the problem with, with medicating ourselves. There's all of these side effects. The other common thing that we do when we respond to pain is to mask it and just pretend that uh, we're really not feeling any pain or try to hide it. I mean, as a pastor over the years, I've, I've interacted with people who have lost loved ones at different times, um, and sometimes they just cannot seem to face that. And they, they kind of hide behind this mask of saying everything's okay, and they haven't really dealt with their loss and dealt with their pain. And what that means is they can never really heal through that. The problem with masking our pain is that masks separate us. They separate us from reality, they separate us from healing. They separate us from the comfort that we really need at that moment because we're just trying to pretend that everything's okay. 
If you looked around yourself, you don't have to do this right now, but if you looked around at the people around you here this morning, you would probably see some people who are pretty different than you, probably dressed differently, different background, different education. But I'll tell you the thing that, that unites all of us in our experience is pain and, and difficulty, suffering in our life. Every one of us could tell a story about things that have been difficult and how we have dealt with that. And what I want to share with you this morning and over the next several weeks as we walk through this series is a different way to respond to pain. So instead of medicating, instead of putting on a mask, to actually take those, those things off, to, to stop trying to hide things and actually face our pain head on, which can sound scary, but is actually really the, the only path that there is to, to healing. And we're going to begin to see this morning what God provides for us as we face our pain to help us heal through that. That's what we're going to look at. If you would take a Bible and turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. If you don't have a Bible with you or don't have it on a, a device that you have there, it's a Bible somewhere on a seat close to you, and it's on page 1066. If you're new to Grace Point here this morning, we do this every week. We pull out our Bibles and we open them up, and the reason for that is because whatever I have to offer you, I, believe me, you, you don't want to hear my opinion about things, okay, because I am so limited and I am not that smart. You don't want to hear from me. What we want you to hear from is that God has spoken and he has preserved these words for us, and he holds the answers to the problems of our life and to the pain of our life. So you need to hear from him, and I'd love for you to have that open in front of you and read along with me as we're walking through this this morning so that you can hear uh, more directly from him. Before we, we read, just a comment on the, the graphic for our, our series here this month, uh, Facing the Pain of Life. It doesn't look very happy in Eastery, does it? Um, you know, we've got a guy like, you know, with a tear and uh, we're kind of like, hey, it's supposed to be a joyful morning, right? But we're, we're going to get to the joy, but in order to get to the real joy that God provides for us, the real comfort that God provides for us, we have to be real about where we're at to begin with. And so that's kind of what this series is about, is, is just about saying it's okay to not be okay, and it's really better to not pretend that you're okay when, when you're not, because that's where God can really meet you and work in your life. So, let's start reading in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort who comforts us in all our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. I want, you to, I want to highlight one little phrase there in verse 4, if you go read that again. This is the God of all comfort who comforts us in all our affliction. Okay, there's a really important truth just in those few words, and that is that God comforts us in our affliction. He doesn't deliver us from our affliction. He doesn't just uh, give us an escape hatch. The main point that I hope that, that you take with you this morning is that God provides comfort, not escape. 
There, there's an idea that's floating around out there in, in books and even in sermons. That, that the idea is that when we come to faith, when, when, we, when we come to Jesus and turn our life over to Jesus, that from that point on, our life is going to be pain-free, trouble-free. It's like God is your ticket to a pain-free life. And everything's just going to be on an uphill, uh, good uh, trajectory after that point. There's two problems with, with that. The, the first problem is that our experience doesn't bear that out. And if, you've ever, if you are, have been walking with Jesus at all, if you've been walking a life of faith, you've probably discovered, wow, all of my pain did not go away. And the second problem with that idea is really more important than the first because our experience really doesn't determine what truth is. God tells us what truth is. The, the second thing is that scriptures do not tell us that, that story. They, they don't tell us that our life is going to be perfect from the moment that we place our faith in Christ. In fact, we, we see in the life of Jesus intense, incredible suffering. I mean, Jesus gave up the perfection of heaven where the angels were roaring his praise where he could hear it. He gave all of that up to come to this broken, dusty planet with broken people who ended up killing him, which is what we recognized on, on Good Friday. I mean, talk about suffering. And so we might say, well, maybe... Jesus suffered so that his followers wouldn't have to. But if you read the New Testament, if you read the whole book of 2 Corinthians, for sure, and if you read any other book of the New Testament, what you will find is that those who followed Jesus, their, their suffering was not over, and our suffering is not over either. God doesn't deliver us from our suffering. He provides comfort for us in our, our suffering. Ultimately, he will deliver us from all that suffering, but that hasn't happened Yet, And if anyone should have been delivered from all of their suffering because of doing the right thing and living the right life, it would be Paul who wrote this letter of 2 Corinthians. There's a movie out about this right now, Paul, Apostle of Christ. And so if anyone was like doing the right thing and obeying God and pleasing God with his life, I mean, Paul started out rough. He made a lot of mistakes, but then he came to faith in Christ. And from then on, he is all in, and he is devoted, and there is nobody more dedicated to following what God wants for his life, and yet the suffering that we see in Paul's life, I mean, he was beaten, he's stoned, he's imprisoned, that's stoned, that's not the drug kind of stone that he was... Anyway, he was like almost killed several times. He is falsely accused. He's put in prison. I mean, he is suffering intensely, and he could say, God, I'm doing the right thing. I'm, I'm doing your will. If anybody could say that, it would be Paul. But Paul learned the hard way that God provides comfort, not escape from our problems and from our suffering. We, he, he's, he comforts us in all our affliction. And so, what that means, a kind of a practical point of, of what that means for us as we kind of deal with the, the pain of our lives is that some of us need to stop blaming God, being resentful towards God for not taking away our suffering. Some of us are resentful and we're like, God, you, why haven't you fixed this? We, we need to stop being resentful, and we need to replace that with a question, God, what do you want to teach me through this 
situation. So uh, just a real life example for you so that you know I'm not talking down to you like I've got this all figured out. Um, the only reason I'm not standing on the floor is because most of you couldn't see me if I was doing that. So I'm, I'm, I'm here learning this with you. Just last night, I'm, I'm working on my message. I'm kind of reviewing it and kind of getting ready for this morning. So I always do lots of edits on Saturday night and then I, then I print out a nice fresh copy so that I can review that again on Sunday morning. So last night I'm making all my edits, I'm typing in and I send it to the printer and nothing comes out. I mean, it just, it will not print. And so I'm thinking, okay, it keeps saying it's low on ink, so I'll replace the ink. So I'm too cheap to buy, uh, like, brand new ink cartridges, so we just refill them. So then I'm squirting ink all over my hands. I'm like, you know, why couldn't this have happened during the week sometime? It's having to happen on Saturday night, so I'm filling out. But actually, I kept a pretty good attitude through all this. I'm like, okay, God, God, you're good, and you have a purpose in my suffering, and it's all, it's okay. And so um, I got through replacing the ink and stuff, and then I tried to print again. It wouldn't work. And so anyway, it took me 45 minutes online to try to figure out what was wrong with our printer to, to make it print. Finally, um, got it printed. So then I'm like, okay, God, yes, okay, that's good. But then I walked upstairs, and then I, I found that we, we already knew that one of our showers, one of our two showers was, was leaking, it was just like running water, like not just a drip, like it's running water. And so we had to turn the kids' shower off. So one of the kids came into our master bath shower to, to take their shower. And when they got out, our shower was running. Now, mind you, I mean, it wouldn't shut off. And so, mind you, I just fixed these things like a couple of weeks ago. And that, that was when I started to not feel very pastorally in, anymore. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm like, okay, God, it's time for me to go to bed. I need to get a good night's sleep. Do, do you, got, you remember, I've got a busy day tomorrow. <laughs> Important stuff to do. I, I really, you know, why is this happening now? And so I, we couldn't get it fixed, so we had to turn off all the water to the house in order to not have that, like, running all night. We turned it back on this morning. I took a shower. It's, it's okay. Okay, <laughs> but, but I'm just like, why? Why now? And I was caught in this. And I'm like, God, why, why? You know, I'm like preaching on the suffering and stuff. And then he gives me these illustrations. Sherry keeps telling me, why don't you preach on health and wealth and stuff? And I'm like, <laughs> I would if I could find it in the Bible. I, I, I would. But so I get caught in this too. I get caught in blaming and resenting God. Why don't you fix my problems? And he says, no, I'm not, I'm not going to fix all your problems. But... I will teach you through your problems. And so I want to show you three things that we see in this passage, three things that God wants to teach us in the midst of our suffering. The first is that suffering drives us to God for comfort, as we have already talked about. I want you to I'll give you this little quiz. I like to do this once in a while to make sure that you're, you're paying attention. As we read through this again, count how many times comfort shows up in, in these verses. We're going to start in verse 3 again. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as we share abundantly in Christ's suffering, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too." If we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which you experience when you patiently endure the same sufferings that we suffer. Our hope for you is unshaken, for we know that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in our comfort. How many times? Ten. Good job. 
Ten times, obviously God is trying to, Paul is trying to communicate a, a key concept here that there is comfort available for us. And he says, actually he starts out here, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort. He is our Father who wants to comfort us. I don't know what your father was like. Some of you, your, your father abandoned you. Others of you, your, your father abused you. We're, we're actually, in two weeks, we're going to have a testimony from someone whose father abused them horribly and to see the healing that God has brought in this, this woman's life. For, for some of you, your fathers were far from perfect. Some of you, your fathers weren't that they, they may not have been that horrible and inflicted that kind of suffering on you, but, but all fathers are inconsistent, imperfect, and yet God says to us the kind of father that he is, is a, is a God who is approachable, he cares about our, our pain, he invites us into his lap for a big hug, or if that is not masculine enough for you, then he, he will do a fist bump with you. The fist bump of, of comfort. He wants to be walking with us through the difficulties in, in our life. He wants to provide comfort for suffering drives us to God for comfort. It also drives us to God for power because we are weak uh, when we are suffering. Verse 8. For we do not want you to be unaware, brothers, of the affliction we experienced in Asia for we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death. Okay, pause there for a second. We, we don't know exactly what affliction Paul is talking about here, and it's just as well because we, we don't really need to know what affliction he was talking about, what suffering he was talking about. What we know is that we relate to how he felt and how he describes his experience. We were so utterly burdened beyond our, beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. Have you ever been there? Where you're just so tired. Maybe some of you are there today. Some of you, maybe, some, there may be somebody here or somebody in the overflow room, some, somebody who had a hard time getting out of bed this morning and you seriously contemplate, I'm not sure if this is worth it. I just, I don't, I don't, feel like living anymore. It may, may, may not be suicidal, you're just tired, or it may be suicidal, despaired even of, of life and a sentence of death. Sometimes we get into situations in our life and we, we don't see any way forward and our hope is dead. We, we have no reason to to look forward to tomorrow. But the, the good news is, if you're there today, if you've ever been there, you're there right now, the good news is, if your hope is dead, God can raise the dead. That's what we're here to celebrate today. If we read on in, in verse 9, he said, we felt we had received the sentence of death, but that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. See, that's what we're, we're celebrating here today is that, that God is able to raise the dead. See, Good Friday, we celebrate Good Friday is good for you and me because you and I each have a sin problem. We were born into this world with a rebellious heart that does not want to do what God wants us to do. 
So we were born with a sin nature, and as a result of that, we chose to rebel against God. So we, we have a problem because that creates a separation between us and God. God said when you sin, it leads to death. And we're talking about pain here. I mean, there's no pain greater than the pain of death, the loss, the grief that goes with death. And so we have a problem that we can't solve on our own. And so Jesus came so that he could take that penalty of sin away from us. So that he could suffer in our place and take that penalty of sin. So that he could choose to suffer. See, I, I don't know about you, I avoid suffering every chance I get. I mean, on, on Friday morning, I was uh, just praying around our property. I like to do that on a regular basis. And so I've taken to, once, once a week as I'm praying around the property, I just take a bag with me and I just pick up trash, whatever's been thrown out. Here I figure, you know, pray that we're cleansed spiritually as we're picking up physical trash and stuff like that. So Friday, I was out here and I was, I was going around the perimeter of the property and I saw a piece of trash in the brush, like over here on our wooded part of, of the property. So I started reaching for it and realized it, there was all these briars in there. And so I'm, I'm trying very gingerly, I am trying to get my hand in there so I can get this piece of trash out without getting my hand punctured by these thorns on these briars. And it occurred to me, it was Good Friday, and it occurred to me, Jesus not only didn't try to avoid the pain of thorns, on the most tender part of his body and his brow. He not only didn't try to avoid that, he, he received it, he, he welcomed it, he came for it. And that was just a small part of his suffering. I mean, he was tortured on a cross. I mean, Jesus willingly went through suffering to take on himself the penalty for your sin and mine. So that's why Good Friday is good. Resurrection Day, today what we celebrate is that Jesus has power over death. That, that death is not, does not have the final say. But that, and, and so not uh, in physical death, not in the death of dreams in your life, whatever has died inside of you, your hope for the future, God can raise the dead. That's, that's the good news that we have in the resurrection of Christ. Do you realize that Jesus is the only person? There's other people who have been raised from the dead. Jesus called people back from death. There are a few other prophets in the Bible that called people back from death. There may even be people today where you know they die on the operating table and, and God gives them a, a second chance at life. But Jesus is the only person who has ever lived who died and was able to will life back into his own body. He, he said that in John chapter 12, I believe it was. John chapter 10. He said, no one takes my life from me. I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. Jesus is the only person who has ever been able to do that. God can raise the dead, and he is the one who gives us hope in our weakness when we have despaired of life. So I want you to read verse 9 out loud with me because there's, there's such truth in this that we all need in the despair of our lives. All of verse 9, starting with indeed. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death. 
But that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. See, God doesn't provide escape from our suffering. He allows us to go through suffering so he can teach us that suffering drives us also to, res- to God for rescue. That's what we find in the, the last verse we're going to read here in verse 10. God delivered us, Paul said, from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us. On him we have set our hope that he will deliver us again. Because God was faithful to Paul in the past to deliver him from the things that he faced that were overwhelming to him, he said, I know he will deliver me again. So for you and I, um, someone has said that you're either in a storm you're coming out of a storm, or you're headed into a storm. And so I don't know about you, but when I am coming out of a storm, I, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. Every single time I come out of a storm and I think, okay, God, let this be it. Like, no more storms, right? I mean, just let the rest of my life just sail smoothly. But that's not, that's not the world that we live in. That's not the broken world that we live in. Yet, one day that'll be true. But in the meantime, wouldn't it be cool if, as we come out of that storm, instead of, you know, dreaming an impossible dream, if we said, okay, God, I know there'll be another storm, but you just brought me through this one, and so I have the hope that you will deliver me again. You delivered me here, and you'll deliver me again. My hope is in you. God provides comfort, not not escape. Our suffering drives us to God. One of my favorite authors and pastors, uh, he's from another era, but uh, Charles Haddon Spurgeon, he, he said this. He said, uh, severe trouble in a true believer has the effect of loosening the soul's roots earthward and tightening the heart's anchor hold heavenward. See, if we go through life and everything goes smoothly, and we don't have any suffering, we don't have any problems. Can you imagine how arrogant we would be, how self-centered, how just it's all about me and God, I'll just call you if I need you. Everything's going along just fine. What suffering does, what trouble does, is it loosens our grip on earthly things, which, and earthly comforts, earthly medicating, earthly mass, it loosens our grip on those things because those things are not going to last. Those are not ultimately permanent. And it anchors us to the one who is permanent. Another way to say that is that that suffering is the rain that makes our our roots grow deeper. Ever try to stop the rain? I mean, we we like the sunshine. I'm like ready for some sunshine. Sounds like we're not going to get any for a couple of days. I I want some sunshine. And, And so sometimes we feel like we want to stop the rain. But if we did, if we stopped the rain, there wouldn't be... Any, any flowers. There wouldn't be anything that grows from, from that rain. So, so the next time you are, are inclined to, to either medicate or mask your pain, I want to encourage you to try something different. And that is just a, a simple prayer. God, God, would you meet me in this pain? So instead of blaming him for not taking it away, God, would you meet me in this pain and would you teach me what it is that you want me to learn while, while I'm here? I, I trust you to provide for me. I, I trust you to provide comfort for me. I trust you to provide power 
for me, to provide rescue for me, either in this life, in your timing, or, or in the next life. I'm trusting my trust, my hope is in you. A couple of practical ways that we can connect with God in the midst of our pain is to, to open your Bible to the Psalms. And if you don't have a Bible, if you want to take that with you, those are there for you to take as a gift today. If you, if you open your Bible, if you let it fall open in the middle, it falls open to Psalms. And, and the Psalms are, I mean, you talk about take your mask off. Psalms are like gut-level honest. There is no pretense there. It is just, God, here I am, pain and all. I don't understand. Where are you? Why have you abandoned me? I'm hurting. Don't you care? I mean, it's just gut-level honesty. And you can even pray those things and, and put them into your own words, but, but talk to God in the midst of that. The other day, I, uh, I looked up one. I just, it was the 28th, and so I looked up Psalm 28. And so he, he's calling out. This is David. Uh, King David wrote this. He said, To you, O Lord, I call my rock. Be not deaf to me, lest if you be silent to me, I become like those who go down to the pit. Hear the voice of my pleas for mercy when I cry to you for help, when I lift up my hands towards your most holy sanctuary. He's crying for help. This is just gut level honesty. So you, if you don't know what to say, to God in the midst of your pain, find someone else who said it for you and, and read along with that. So, so that's one way to connect with God in the midst of our suffering. Another one is just to be still. So after you've connected with God reading a psalm, maybe just, just be still. See, sometimes we medicate ourselves with our busyness and our loudness. Just, just still ourselves and listen, God, what do you want to say to me? And sometimes we don't hear God speaking because our, we're, we're so busy listening to stuff. We've got so many voices in our head and we haven't stilled them to even listen and hear what he's trying to say to us, what he's trying to teach us. So, so reading the Psalms, be, being still, and then some of you may want to journal. I, I love to journal. I just buy a, a blank notebook and I just write. Uh, oftentimes I'm writing prayers in my journal, but it, it just helps me to get the, the gunk out of my head and, and get it onto a piece of paper, and it kind of lets it flush it out of me and gets it somewhere else. Um, just to spend time with God processing the, the suffering, the pain that you may be going through. Close with uh, another Spurgeon quote here. He said, Affliction frequently opens truths to us and opens us to the truth. Affliction plows and opens our hearts so that into our innermost nature the truth penetrates and soaks like rain into the plowed land. So when you're feeling hardened, when you're, when you're feeling kind of crusty, when you're feeling like it's, it's hard to connect with, with God, the suffering can, can be a friend to us, and then it cracks open the hardness of our hearts and allows his reign to come in so that he can grow in us what it is that he wants most and to grow joy, peace, trust, faith. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that you are a God of mercy and a Father of comfort. I thank you that you are approachable, that you are caring, that you are not unacquainted with our grief, but we see in Jesus one who suffered more than any of us in this room ever will, who was separated from you 
because of our sins that were placed on, on him. And so we thank you, Jesus, for Good Friday. We thank you for the suffering that you willingly chose to endure instead of running away from it. And, and we thank you for Resurrection Day. We thank you for your triumph over death. And so, Lord, I pray for the person who's here today whose hope is dead, who right now is just not even sure how, how to go on. Lord, I thank you that you are a God who raises the dead. And I pray that you would speak hope into that life, the hope of resurrection into that life. You arrested death. When we were alone in our sorrow, when we were dead in our sin, you came and arrested death to give us life and set us free. We thank you for that. We celebrate that. Help us to walk in that truth today and in the coming weeks. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.